Hey, Rope Droppers, we want to thank our amazing sponsor, the Rope Drop Queen herself, Michelle McKnight. She's an independent travel agent affiliated with MEI Travel and Mouse Fan Travel. We have used her on a number of vacations and can't speak highly enough of her services. If you are thinking about a Disney vacation, she's the one to talk to. Her services are completely free. Disney pays her after you travel. And she has a wealth of knowledge that has saved us a lot of time and money. So check her out on Facebook at Rope Drop Queen or email her at michelle.mcknight at mei-travel.com. Now, on to the show. Helping you navigate the Disney parks. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. You're listening to Rope Drop Radio. Welcome to Rope Drop Radio. Derek and Doug here talking all things Disney. And Doug, I think the biggest news from the week is you and I both read a book. I know. I never read books. I am often quoted by my children saying, my dad says books ruin movies. They're making fun of me when I say that, but I totally believe it. Like, Wrinkled in Time's coming out. And, like, Samantha's like, oh, it'll probably be nothing like the book. I, I say that all the time. But you know what I did this year already in 2018? One of my resolutions? I read a book. One book. That's all Doug has one. to do. I try to do one a month. So I'm Doug, already on my second book, Derek. That's impressive. You're breaking records this year, Doug. Both by the same author. And speaking of that author, we actually have him on the show tonight. Amazon number one best-selling author of Disney books right now. Aaron Goldberg, thank you so much for being on Rope Drop Radio. Thank you guys for having me. The book that we read was The Disney Story. Really great book. You also have out uh, that I know we're going to be reading. I think, Doug, you may have started Disney Declassified. And then also, right now, current Amazon number one bestseller, The Wonderful, uh, The Wonders of Walt Disney. So That's three... the one I'm in the middle of. Oh, you're in the middle of that one? Yeah, okay. middle of that one. See, I'm starting Disney Declassified because it, it sounds scandalous. So it's juicy. It will be yes. juicy. So we'll have, all three, we'll have all three of your books read. I don't know, Doug, you're a little bit slower reader, so maybe in the next slower. couple months and I'll be next week. So, uh, But no, these are really great books, and we're so excited to have you on the show, Aaron. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. I, you know, I was looking forward to this all week, but uh, we decided to get together and talk. It's, uh, it's going to be a good time. Let's start with the book that Doug and I both read, and we definitely want to let our listeners know a little bit more about these. Don't give too much away because we want them to read them as all, and bonus, if you stay till the end, we might have a surprise giveaway. So first, the Disney story, the one that we read, I really enjoyed this book, mostly because other Disney books kind of jump all over the place, but this one went by the decades. So like the 30s and the 40s and 50s kind of gave a good idea of where we were at in the history and what was going on. So why did you choose to write a book like that? That's a good question. Um, I, I, the the Disney book marketplaces, you know, there, there are an awful lot of books out there, some good, some not so good. Um, and it, it's sort of a la carte, if you will. There's books about Walt. There's books about animation. There's books about the theme parks. There really wasn't a book. Um, that touched on the accomplishments, you know, basically of, of everything that the company has done, um, soup to nuts, beginning to, to present day. So I figured, you know what, let me just dive in here and try and put something together, um, which, you know, like almost like the greatest hits, dec decade by decade. Um, so it, it, it sort of, you know, kind of grew organically um, in the sense that there was nothing out there to compete with. Uh, and then I sort of, I, you know, a lot of the books that are out today, 
don't really cite the material and don't really reference, um, you know, where the information came from. And, I, you know, that kind of irks me a little bit. So I thought that this book could actually be a reference. So when I went ahead and started doing research and writing the book, I decided that I was going to actually not only cite, you know, cite each story, but put all the stories online, um, DisneyStory.com. So other folks could, you know, I always think it's interesting to read the stories of the day. It's actually, I think it's somewhere in the early in the, in the introduction of the book, I say um, something along on the lines of like, here the, you know, here the here the story about Walt and and the company through. Um, through the other voices that told the stories over the, you know, all these decades. So it's interesting to see a little snippet of, you know, 1930s Disney read what was going on. Um, so it's kind of a, you know, convoluted answer there, but you know, I'm kind of all over the place, but it was just, you know, there really wasn't anything out there. So I figured I'm going to, I'm going to dive in there and try and put something together that, you know, can stand on its own and stand out in the world of Disney books. I really loved how you had the articles from the day. You told it through the mm -hmm. lens of the people as they experienced it, because a lot of the books where you get the Disney history, you're getting the opinion from 2018 of what it must have been like in the 1930s, where you went and dug up all these articles that kind of explained how things were taken back then. Because it wasn't all sunshine and roses about yes. some stuff, especially the parks, when you got to the parks part. And, you know, you talked about how they're always strapped for cash and that sort of stuff. And a lot of people kind of forget it wasn't always, you know, all perfect over at Walt Disney Studios. Um, that's kind of what I really enjoyed about your book. Thank you. Yeah, and I agree. And I, that's, you know, and, and that's actually one of the gripes of people who don't like the book, you know, will say, oh, well, it's not really a story. You know, it's called the Disney story, but it's not really a story. I said, you yeah. know, but, but it is a story. It's their story. I didn't necessarily say it, it's my story that I painted the Disney story, but it's, you know, the Walt Disney Company's story decade by decade through, and in a lot of ways through, you know, the lens of, or, or the um, writers of the day who covered Disney. And, you know, it's interesting in, in itself is, you know, the media back then is vastly different than the media now. Now, you know, everybody now could either be, you know, you know, we can have a podcast, we have a blog, we have this, we have that. When you're talking about, you know, these are folks who wrote for the New York Times or, or their local paper in whatever town. And, and you know, that, that's what they did. They covered entertainment, they covered Disney. It's interesting to see that perspective. One of the one of the um, the titles that pop, one of the um, newspapers that pops up often was the Brooklyn Daily Eagle, and you know they had a person dedicated to um, just to Disney, and some of the stories that came out were like remarkable. I, I found a story about Mary Blair that nobody read probably in 50 years or 60 years. And I was just like, wow, the 1940s Mary Blair. She was in New York City for the day, and uh, you know the interview, the reporter interviewed her, and it was just you know it's kind of it's just interesting to see. Well, this is, it's pretty amazing that you, you had to do a lot of research, and that's kind of what I picked up reading the whole book. I was very impressed with all the sources you found. Like you said, it wasn't your opinion. It was other people who were actually living through the moment. So let's talk about some of the decades. Which one was your favorite one to research, and maybe which, uh, what's your favorite decade that you've lived through so far? I think research-wise, I, I, I love the 1950s, but I, I love it as somebody who loves history in general. You know, our country was undergoing a major change. There's a major shift uh, in society. You know, you know, the cars were people. You know, people started having cars. They were they were leaving the cities, going to the suburbs. Television made its way, and Disney kind of capitalized on each of those things with um, the television show, both two television shows in the '50s, and, and then basically Disneyland. You know, folks now had cars. They could go out for the day and drive to Disneyland and experience 
you know, this, this wonderful thing that Walt created. Um, and, and, and a little bit even more so, I mean, I, I, if you think back to the Disneyland television show, and I always sort of think that like Walt created the infomercial. I mean, what was he doing? Basically just selling Disney. I mean, it was just, you know, all Disney pushing the parks and it was, it was brilliant. It was just, you know, I think it was just a brilliant concept. Yeah, I liked in that part of the book there that you're talking about the TV show, how you kind of alluded to how they invented the, you know, the Davy Crockett phenomenon and how because of Disney, everybody had a coonskin cap. Yeah. And then and then it went from everybody wanting to be Davy Crockett to the space race, how they really pushed that with the, uh, you know, the former Nazi engineer that Walt mm-hmm. hired. Like that was that was something I totally I kind of at one time might have heard a trivia question about it, but hearing the different articles, seeing that explained, that seemed really fascinating to me. The space race part. Agreed. I mean, who would think that you know Walt Disney had a hand in getting us to the moon or getting us into space? I mean, he had, and, and you know, the folks at NASA and the government will you know acknowledge that there was a you know there was a big overwhelming you know show of support in in part due to. You know, Walt putting out these shorts on television, which, you know, eventually went into movie theaters and, and the whole nine. I mean, it was just, you know, it's remarkable. Yeah, it's very amazing. And now Disney has a hand in everything. So everything that Walt started back then is kind of coming full circle in this decade now since he has passed. Uh, not to date yourself age-wise if you don't want to, but <laughs> what about some of the decades you've lived through? What have you enjoyed experiencing? Maybe it was a little bit easier to research, too, since you've had uh, partaken a little bit. I, You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a product of the 80s and the 90s, so I love the 80s and the 90s. You know, I don't know, just maybe I have a, you know, a sentimental feeling because that was in my childhood or growing up as a teenager. Um, but which sort of leads into, you know, the whole Michael Eisner thing. I mean, he just... He just did so much for the company. I mean, just it was kind of remarkable. I think I often think that he shaped the company almost as much as maybe Walt or Roy. I mean, he really leaps and bounds. I mean, I know a lot of folks in the Disney community kind of are not big fans of of uh, Michaels, but I, I think he you know really did a lot of wonderful things and kind of took it to the next level. I knew there was some head battling back in the day. Uh, your book kind of shed some more light. It was it was kind of like a world war inside the Walt Disney Company. Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, there's a, it's, it's crazy. There was just the, the stories about the green mailing when they were, you know, mm-hmm. trying to do the hostile takeover and buy so many shares and just, you know, trying to force, force people's hands. It was just, yeah, it could have really went poorly for the company. And and then again, actually in the nineties, it could have happened again. Or actually, no, I think it was the late nineties, early 2000s when Comcast started to, um, dabble and, and want to purchase Disney again, you know, it was sort of like things, you know, re, you know, repeated the cycle there. So this book was a little bit shorter. Uh, that way, Doug was able to read it in That's time. That's how I finished. And yep. obviously, you had to leave some things out. Uh, I was taking a couple notes throughout the book. But what are some of the things that you felt were the hardest to cut? You know, there were a lot, there, there was a, a good amount of things. I, I think the hardest thing to cut was 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Um, really influential movie for the company. Great movie. Um, but... It, it, you know, 1954, there was a lot going on there for mm-hmm. to tell the story of Disney. So, you know, you have the theme park television. So, I, you know, I, I think that's probably, I mean, after, actually, I remember reading the book after it was edited and the whole nine and thinking of my, you know, trying to go over my head. What did I miss here? Did I, did I miss anything that should be in there? And I 
I hesitated for a minute and thought about putting it in. And then I said, you know what? It can only be so long. I just have to, and I don't want to put every, I didn't want to put every minute detail, everything in there. So I, it, it stayed out. And I just went with my gut and leaving it out. What'd you guys think? Was it, what did I miss there? I wasn't ready for questions. <laughs> turn of the tables. A turn of the tables. Yeah. Boy, there's so many things. Um, I've read a whole book just on the construction process of Walt Disney World. So like, it's pretty amazing to see that just buying Swampland, turning it into a theme park, being condensed into the short amount of span that you're able to. And it's like, well, this chapter's going to last forever when I started. And then, like, poof, it was over. I'm like, well, yeah, I guess it needs to be. And I also kind of liked how, you know, the first park opened, you talk about how the media gets invited. They did kind of the rigmarole. The next park gets invited. Like, you go through it. And by, like, Epcot opening, you're like, yeah, it's more like the same from the the, the media. It's kind of funny how it, it gets so repetitive with every theme park opening. So it'll be interesting if we ever get a fifth gate at Disney World, if now with the media being so different, how much different you'd have to change the book? I didn't answer your question at all. That's I? all right. You don't have to. That's all right. <laughs> but I but I do agree. I mean, it, it was hard to it, actually to think about the media part. I mean, it's, you know, w- would they invite a ton of the media or are they going to invite bloggers and things I like mean, that? I mean, you, I you, would, see on, you see on Twitter. I mean, yeah, are we invited? Yeah. I, I We totally should get an invite to that fifth gate. I mean, I agree. When uh, in ten when, years, uh, uh, Galaxy Edge opens, I'm pretty sure we're on the list, Eric. I hope so. Pretty sure we only say positive things, so I'm pretty sure we're on the list. I, I know. Going back to your question, the one thing I was thinking about being left out uh, that intrigues me quite a bit is uh, the back half in the '90s, early 2000s, as the kind of the Renaissance is kind of fading, and some of the animations, and then it's going from the 2D to 3D, and all the drama with Jeffrey Katzenberg. Like, that whole story really intrigues me. I could have probably read, like, eight chapters on that. Um, so that was one thing I know me, personally, I was, like, looking forward to a little bit more. Uh, no, in there. that's a, and that is a great story, because he left with an enormous amount of money for a very short period of time. Yes. I mean, that golden parachute was very, very golden. Yeah. So yeah I agree. Find one Actually, of those. I mean, this sounds terrible to, to say that I wrote a book and I don't necessarily remember all the stories, but I think that story is covered in Disney Declassified. I'm almost positive that that the um, that that story is in there. So that that could be go. why I didn't include it. I also at times thought that sometimes I was including too much about finance and money. Like I always think it's interesting in the '40s when the company went public to see you know what Walt was getting paid and the shares and things like that. And you know, I I I, I think you know obviously there's plenty of books written on the business side of Disney. So I, I tried to dabble in a little bit, but not go too heavy. So I don't know mm. if that's a good I, answer to just why. Just the I right amount. Yeah. Yeah. Just exactly. the right amount. I liked it. Oh, no. we. I mean, we're not nitpicking. It was a great story no, no, and no. definitely good stuff. Now I'm more interested to read your next book, which I'll probably start later this week. So I'll have good. to come back and I'll have to be, you'll be, all right, it's in there. Good. I, I get my my uh, fix of kind of that, that stage of drama that Disney went through. We can talk. I'll come back on and talk. Just give me a little notice so I can reread the book. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet that is an issue when you write multiple uh-huh. books on the same source. They kind of sometimes will blend together. It's like yeah. when one of my kids gets in trouble and I say the wrong two names first. That's mm. similar. Similar brain issue, right? Yeah. I can't remember which child it is. Things, I remember like, when I was a kid, I remember my mom used to like call me by the dog's name and yell at the dog my name. And you know, it was just always... You know, she's just used to yelling at whoever, so it was me or the dog. Whoever's so things guilty. just kind of 
meld together. Back to the book a little bit. Uh, I'm really intrigued, not only that you went by the decades, but I'm I'm a futurist, and I always like to know what Disney is planning. Uh, with Bob Iger announcing his retirement for the fourth time. We're, is it just fourth? I believe it's the fourth, but I'm sure it it's like, like it, it, yeah, it feels a lot more, <laughs> and I'm sure it's been mentioned a thousand times on top of that. So, But we're about to enter a brand new set of decades where there's going to be a lot of changes coming to the company, first starting with the buyout of Fox. But what do you think the next couple generations are going to be like? Uh, that's a great question. And and to be honest, I don't know if Bob Iger is going anywhere. I, I really don't. I mean, I, I think that there's you know, the issue with Pixar with John Lasseter. That doesn't help the situation. No, what's going on over there. Um, I, you know, at the end of the day, it's about their stock price, profitability. And look, poor numbers on Wall Street and, and a poor stock price basically got Michael Eisner ousted. And despite what he did with the company, I mean, he did, you know, he, I, I can't remember the numbers, but you're talking about taking a company that was doing hundreds of millions into the billions and, you know, relatively, mm-hmm. you know, short period of time. And he, he got the boot. And then, you know, Ron Miller, Walt's son-in-law, he got the boot as well because things weren't doing well. I, you know, I think when Bob Iger took over the share price, it was like the share price was like 25 or $26 a share. I think it closed today at like 105. So, Regrets, I mean, Doug. I have some regrets. I know. Lots yeah. of regrets. I got in a little too late, too. But, yeah. but so, I, I don't know. I I don't. I really can't see who's, who else would run the company. There's nobody. I mean, everything's going. I'm, you know, folks in the Disney community might not think everything's going well. I mean, they might like, may not like the direction of some of the things in the park-wise, you know, Epcot and whatever. Um, but it's always about the dollar, and they're, they're doing well. They've Please. always done well under them. I think so, he's there until death do us part, almost. Yeah, you know what? There's no, uh, you know, I, I I looked into this not too long ago. There's no mandatory um, retirement age for corporate executives there, um, so it's not like I, there is for for um, board members, but not for executives. So I mean, interesting. I, I kind of don't think he's going anywhere. We'll see until the I mean, price drops. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Well, let me ask you a couple specific sure. what ifs, or may, do you think? Do you predict that we are eventually going to get a fifth gate down in WDW? I think so. I don't know what it would be, but I think so. Next 10 years, 20 years? I think a lot of that's dependent upon what goes on with Hollywood Studios. Um, what, what, you know, how well does the Star Wars and Toy Story land, like, how well do they do? I mean, there's always the draw. I mean, you could see it in Disneyland. I mean, they're just overwhelmed with people. Mm-hmm. They raise ticket prices all you want. Everybody complains about ticket prices. It's a captive audience. There's nothing else like Disney. People are going to go, and they're going to go in droves, and they're going to raise ticket prices, and people are still going to go. And but I, I do think at some point there there has to be something else. I mean, they're they need another park. They you know they're just it's overwhelming at times to be there. My, I don't know uh, what it would be, but I you know. In the same respect, like I was a little disappointed that Avatar Land, you know, Pandora was basically only two rides. It's two attractions. <laughs> one good ride and one ride that my kids didn't even really enjoy. Yeah. I mean, and not a table service restaurant, which blew my mind because that's like printing more money. Exactly. For them. Exactly. And and it's beautiful. I mean, it's beautiful mm-hmm. night. And the rides, all, you know, to me, I thought they were both amazing and they were enjoyable. But it's like 
hmm, this is it. I mean, this is all we got going on here. Yeah. Yeah, so, a whole lot of space for yeah. two rides. No live shows, no no music, nothing But they do like have that. space for a small expansion. So they we'll do. see what they do with that, which I bet that does happen in the next 10 to 20 years. You yeah. Know, with uh, my wife, she uh, deals with availability of rooms a lot. And for some reason, people like to book spring break trips like three weeks in advance, which is not recommended for Disney World. But they do it anyway. And she's worried about when Star Wars does open, being able to find rooms for everybody that wants to go. So that that's a real concern that the travel agents are having right now is because they're getting so many people. Well, once Star Wars opens, can you let me know when I'll book? And so, yeah. Yeah. can you imagine the price point though for those rooms that are actually they're like, just they're yeah. There's and, not going to be a discount. I can tell you that. No. Oh, so the, where are we going to stay, Doug? I don't know. What tent at Fort Wilderness? I don't know, Derek. In a car somewhere, car outside the TTC. She she really loves the people that call it like, well, we went five years ago and we got free dining in spring. Like, yeah, yeah. Disney hasn't done that for years. Yeah. yeah, that's that's Star Wars is gonna open in the fall. They'll be like, we got free dining last time we went in November. Yeah, you're never Star getting Wars. free dining again. It's not happening again. No, not once that opens. Uh-oh. I do think there'll be another park. Just, I'm sorry, I, I kind of went off on the edge there. I definitely do think there'll be something else. There's so much land there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that yeah. I, who knows? Maybe there'll be something Marvel. I know that you know. Whenever they buy that back from Islands of Adventure. Yeah, whenever they're allowed to do Marvel once, in, in the state of Florida. Once they get enough movies out there that are not Avengers and X Men, they're set. They're, look, they got Black Panther now. That's going to be a draw. Um, Guardians. Yeah. I mean, they're they're building the stable of characters, and after Infinity Wars, let's face it, the characters that are over at Islands of Adventure, they're they're not going to be around anymore in the cinematic universe. It's going to be a sad day. There's going to yeah. be little kids crying. Yeah, you're right. My son included, probably in tears, sitting next to me. In Infinity Wars Part Two. That's really off topic there. Oh, that's dangerous. <laughs> and Doug, do you have any uh, predictions that you want to ask? I know I have another one. Do you think Epcot will ever get another pavilion? <laughs> I ask this to everyone. I do. I definitely do. I, I do. Everyone, I everyone mean, says was, that. Was Norway the last one added? Is that correct? Uh, yes, yeah. Norway was. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, come on, Disney. There, I think there will be. I don't know. I mean, there's always rumors and there's, and there was, you know, there was even rumors that were like almost verifiable rumors. Like there was Israel coming, Spain coming. There was, you know, there were, even this is going back in the eighties. Um, there's actually an interesting story in the wonders of Walt Disney world about Taiwan. Um, Taiwan made the announcement that they were going to be in the world showcase. This was late seventies. Um, Disney had no idea. Disney wasn't, Disney didn't approve <laughs> or say that it, that was going to happen. Um, they were like in talks, but nothing. There was nothing concrete. And Taiwan makes the announcement: we're going to be in the World Showcase. Um, turned out they they weren't. China went in, and there's obviously conflict between Taiwan and China. Uh, so that you know that's that's another story for another time. But I definitely think that'll be something else. I hope it'll be you know something unique. I, I you see the rumors that it'll be Brazil or something in South America and things like that. Yeah, I don't know, but I, there has to be. There's so much land back there. They could they can pile in a few more places. Yeah, Brazil just makes sense from a business model standpoint because all the Brazilian traffic they get, they just they'd flock to it and buy whatever you're selling. Yeah, which you know, yeah. come to the United States, buy the food that you like from home. 
That's why we go to McDonald's in Paris. (sighs) We can't help ourselves. Can't help ourselves. I don't know. Prediction wise, I just, I think the fifth gate, I would like to see. Do you think that they're going to start building more resorts that have like immediate access to the park? Kind of like the rumor at Epcot. Like there's going to be a resort like touching the park, kind of like California. Um, Grand California has. You think we're gonna finally see that at Disney World going forward? I, part of me would like to say no, because I, I kind of don't want it to be. But you know, they can monetize everything, and it's all about the dollar. So you know, think about those room rates. It'll make staying at the, mm-hmm. te- the Contemporary or the Polynesian seem cheap, because yeah. what, you know what's that price going to be? You're gonna walk right out of your the lobby and into uh, you know Spaceship Earth. Yeah, I mean, Studios is going to get the the Star Wars. I guess, yeah, I answered my own question. That's going to be a bajillion dollars, and Epcot <sighs> just announced that they're going they they they're clearing out land right now as we speak to no. put that resort in. So I didn't look very far into the. Future I was going to say, and you got the two kingdoms. Yeah, uh, the Pandora Animal Kingdom. Here's a, here's a real question. Sorry for my stinky one. The real actual future name of Hollywood Studios because oh, they're going to change. Like Bob Iger wants to change it desperately. Yeah. Cinemagine clearly, yeah, not magical. Thoughts? Yeah, I, I'm. Sh- uh, you you know as well as I do that that name's getting changed. I mean it. Mm, it has yeah. to. They they didn't. They threw you. I mean when you start to see the surveys trickle out and people screenshot them, you see it's definitely getting changed. I didn't like that that name at all. Um. I don't know what else they would. Call. I mean, there's. I mean, who knows? I don't. I can't come. I'm not. I'm not creative in that. Respect, they might but. change it two or three times in the next yeah. couple decades. Just see what Twitter yeah. says every time. Which I'll tell you what Twitter will say to every name change. It will be a resounding no. Yes. That, that's how Twitter responds yeah. to change. But I remember when that survey came out, we saw the Disney XL Park, and I made fun of that. And yeah. I still imagine may have been worse than yeah. Disney XL. Hollywood Kingdom, I'd be okay. Then we have a bunch of kingdoms. kingdoms. Yeah, Animal Kingdom, Hollywood Kingdom. I was actually so sure that the name change was going to happen while I was writing The Wonders of Walt Disney World that I actually said, you know, as you're reading this, the name probably has already changed. That's how sure I was, but uh, clearly it didn't happen. Well, at the pace I'm reading it, I'm just getting into the World Showcase, so okay. it may happen before I get there. It, it may. It definitely may. Uh, Interesting little little caveat to um, having a having a... A hotel like in the park next to the park the original concept michael eisner wanted for the tower of terror was actually to have it in an actual hotel hmm. that'd be that, cool that yeah. would be cool Derek would stay there for sure oh absolutely vetoed. yeah the, everybody around them said no it's not feasible too much money blah 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 so they dropped the hammer but that well, kind you of can, that you really can cool. stay in cinderella's castle if you're willing to give up an arm and a leg yeah how cool would that be i watched it on youtube a few times it's yeah pretty amazing. I, I have too it, it, it's a unrealistic dream. Yes. So I, yep. I like hearing about your new book. So let's take a minute to look at uh, the other books. The uh, guidebook, as you may say, it is not history. It's kind of current. Even you said the name might even be changed by the time you wrote it. Uh, tell us a little bit more about it, why you wrote it, and uh, why you're looking at kind of the new or this current market rather than the history market. You know, it's sort of was another thing where it's a niche. It was something to me, the guidebooks, there's a handful of guidebooks. They all basically say the same thing. Um, they're very dense. There's a lot of information. There's a lot of statistics. 
and they're they do a really good job um but to me i thought there should be something different i i, I thought maybe there should be something that should be read like a story read like a like an actual book like you know we're gonna start you know the magic kingdom and work our way i i look at some of the guidebooks and to me it feels like there's too much planning i'm maybe i'm wrong some people like to like the planning but it shouldn't be a stressful like boot camp i have to be at the haunted mansion by two i have to go you know there's a bathroom break here and then we have to go at three to be at this place and it should it's you know theoretically it's a vacation it should kind of be relaxing i kind of just like to wing things like i know all right well we're gonna go to the magic kingdom so we'll go there that day and the book the book will go chapter by chapter park by park and you know you're gonna walk the park and you're gonna you're gonna have enough exposure to me telling you about the attraction and there's believe it or not there's actually a lot of history mm-hmm. um in each attraction in each park there's a lot of background um and then i try to keep keep it fresh with interesting newer stories that folks go to the park every week you know there's some stories in there you probably don't know um i just it was sort of like a hybrid it's sort of like a hybrid and i sort of took a chance that maybe folks would enjoy it maybe the guidebook market would be like all right this is this is an interesting book i put the nuts and bolts in there and i relegated them to the end of each chapter so if you already are familiar with the parks and don't need the nuts and bolts of you know where to get sushi or where to get a drink or what meals to have you could skip that section go on to the next chapter um We'll see if people like it. It's open out for a Well, it's number one on Amazon right <laughs> yeah. now, so people yeah, I, are obviously getting it. So congrats so, on that. Yeah, I it literally you walk around the park in it, which I loved because I don't need the big thick guidebook at this point in time. You know, at one time I studied those like it was a textbook, um, but now I I don't know. I don't need them. But this was neat because. It walks you through it, and you point out hidden Mickey's. You point out an animatronic that you see in Carousel of Progress that you later find in Spaceship Earth type of things, right? And or yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And you yeah. know, and so you have like little details about each attraction, um, but not overwhelming. And yeah. it's definitely a stop and smell the roses type of guidebook if you want to. But like you said, you still get the nuts nuts and bolts granted i am only entering the world showcase so i've made it through future world man i am a slow reader it's really sad but uh it's really neat so i'm at the world showcase that's how far i've gotten what type of what where do i go i go around the world showcase next do i just circle it and then do i head over to hollywood studios is that next on my journey you're actually going to so we left figment and imagination yeah Enter the world showcase from the right, so you're gonna go, you know, right to left, and you'll go through, you know, all the countries. You'll yeah. end up in Mexico, and then I actually have you take a boat across, um, sort of back to Morocco. You're gonna exit the world showcase okay. at, at the international gateway. You're gonna hop on a boat, or you're gonna walk, and you're gonna go over to. I make their walk. We've done both. I make their. I walk. always do the walk. I love the walk. Yeah. I forced him to walk. Yeah, I'm he a big fan of the walk. Yeah, I got to get those steps in. I'm eating way too many things I shouldn't be eating on a daily basis when I'm there. I need those steps. Yeah. We do Hollywood Studios from there and then and they go to, to the Animal Kingdom and then sort of, you know, wrap things up. Or actually after the Animal Kingdom, then there's we go over to the resorts, restaurants, and then there's sort of like the last little chapter to sort of like really the guidebook. A lot of the guidebook stuff are, you know, unique meals and, you know, things of that nature. Was this, was this one of those books where you're like, honey, I got to go to Disney World to 
research, quote unquote, yes. and you go to Disney World, you know, every day for a few weeks for research. I think there were three trips. I actually did. I, I'm a terrible photographer. I, I ah. actually did all the photos too. So I, you know, there was just a trip for making for taking photos. I mean, it was just I'm terrible. I mean, I bought a really expensive camera. It doesn't make you take any better pictures. Let me tell you. Yeah, Doug. Derek we need to do more. I, I we need to do more bad. research trips. We do more research, Re- more yes. research trips. Um, just I was reading for a few minutes the other night, sitting on the couch, and you know I entered Canada. I didn't realize the totem poles were new in 2017. So I was telling my wife about totem poles, and she just kind of looked at me like, "Can you be quiet? I am watching The Bachelor." So <laughs> that's how that's how we roll. That's awesome. Two questions. Two questions from my children. One is, this is from Claire, eight-year-old Claire. Is it hard to come up with titles of books? Yes. Very hard. Excellent answer. Claire, yes, it's very hard. Yeah, It's got to be stressful. Like naming a child, I would imagine. Yeah. Similar. Yeah. Like, they're stuck with it once you pick, right? Like. Yeah. Especially yeah. When, you, when you start buying domain names because you don't want anybody to... to... Ah. Mm to take your name. So I probably have a half a dozen domain names I'll never use just for this book. Mm. But you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Thank you. All Thank right. you. Google domains for your $12 domains. <laughs> <laughs> so second question from Alden, uh, 10 year old Alden wanted to know how long did it take you to write each of the books? Disney declassified took a long time. I think Disney declassified was, was six or seven months, but it, it got easier as I went along in the sense that, when I was writing that book, I was saving stories. I didn't know what I was going to, when or where I would ever use some of these stories I was coming across. And half of them weren't even related to Disney Declassified in the sense of like tragedy or, or bad things happening. So I would just save stories and I would print them and I figured somewhere along the line I would use these. So a lot of the material I already had, I would just have to go back in and re-research what I already researched. Um, the Disney story, I think it was probably about three or four months. I, I Honestly, it took me longer to put, I'm not... You know, I don't know how to code things, and I, you know, I, that website was just killed me. It took me longer probably to put all those those articles up on on the website to, to correspond with the citations and the links and all that. And believe it or not, the the Wonders of Walt Disney World was was I kind of steamrolled through because I, I know that place like the back of my hand. Just had to make a few trips. I think that was about three or four months to to actually get everything done. Now that's just me writing. I'm not I'm not my grammar is like not the best. It sounds weird for somebody to write books and not a great grammar. I would really rely on. Uh, I'm really good at research. I'm really good at details and telling a story. Um, so I rely heavily on editing and the editors. So you know the editors had the book for a while. So there was like probably two months. I had several rounds of editors of editing to go through just because I wanted to make sure you know everything was right all right those are my uh junior um research analyst questions i don't yes. know what to call them yeah so we just junior. have to dive in and do it mm-hmm. i mean yeah just gotta just don't right. think too hard or else it'll never get done all right now i'm done right, no more questions no, no more you can go you're oh, back but, in charge eric but you got some more questions doug because oh, I, I think do? we are in time for the lightning round all right. In which we have round. every guest go through, so be ready. I'm ready. All right. So this is your favorite uh, Disney or, um, you know, Star Wars, Marvel, anything under the Disney umbrella if you want to expand further. Um, if you have a tie, just explain yourself. You know, we uh, will only make fun of the incorrect answers that are your <laughs> favorites. So 
All right. There may be follow-up questions, but it's, in theory, supposed to be fast. So the lightning round, favorite Disney character? Mickey. Has to be Mickey. That's that's a first, I think. And he's wearing a Mickey shirt. No one else can see him. We can see him. Yeah. Uh, It's got to be Mickey. All right. Favorite Disney movie? Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins actually may be my favorite movie, period. Disney or no Disney. I love Mary Poppins. Wow. Yeah, go figure that one out, right? Yeah. So are you? Oh, so are you excited for the sequel? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of torn. I kind of feel like they mm-hmm. should leave certain things alone. It's sort of like the same way they're doing live action on the animation. I'm not always a big fan of that stuff either. Like leave Beauty of the Beast alone. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm getting older. Get off but, my lawn, sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Old man, I get, off, get these kids off my lawn. Yep, that's yeah. right. All yeah. right, favorite. Classic attraction, you define classic however you like. Uh, Carousel Progress. Mm. It's sitting there all day. I don't know why. Well, it's also usually nice and cool when it's hot outside. So do you think they will ever update the last scene for us? Or do you think they'll just start calling it five years ago? That's a great question. Will they ever update that? I don't. Marty wants that's... changes. It's up that's on the board. That's what I should have asked. Yeah, that's a perfect future. decade. That's way question, better yep. than my random. Yeah, no, that's a. <sighs> I, see, because there's, it's you know what it is. It's hard because there's so many people who get pissed if they change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then there's enormous amount of people that are like, "All right, she's talking about car. He's talking about car phones. Like, what the hell is a car phone? We don't even have those anymore." Yeah. So I had to I, explain that to my kids not too long ago. Yeah. Still make fun of me for having one. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Part of me, it's the the Disney community is so decisive about things, and uh, so part of me is like, uh eh. It's like when they get rid of rides. Like they got, they closed out, you know, out uh, Energy Adventure. And, yeah. You know, it was... Since it's your favorite, do you want it updated? I don't. I want it to just to stay the way it is. All right. I bet you they do update it because they've updated a few times already. I mean, it's been updated since it was in the '64 World's Fair, then it went to Disneyland, it got updated, went to Walt Disney World. So, I guess so, at some point they will. Maybe for the fiftieth. It seems to be the goal of everything. Mm, yeah. For yeah. the fiftieth. All right. Favorite cla- uh, modern attraction? Uh, Toy Story Mania. Nice. That's a good one. I like yeah. it. That's yeah, mine too. Mm. So that's a correct answer if we're keeping score. Yeah. Yes. All right. Um, favorite Disney park? People probably won't be happy with this answer. I, I love Epcot. I could just sit in Epcot and listen to the background music and just be happy. Yeah. I mean, I know that there's not a lot going on there these days, but yeah. I don't know. It's still... It's, it's still it's still busy. There's it's still good. a lot of people yeah. there eating and drinking around the world. Yeah, I mean, I could just sit in Future World and listen to the music and be all right. Or go to the Electric Umbrella and have something to eat and just be all right. That's that's enough for me. I uh, actually play the entrance loop music a lot while I'm writing charts at work. So, yeah, I'm there with you. Yeah. All right, favorite Disney resort? Uh, like temporary. Hands right. down, that's where I, I try to always stay there. It's not always in the budget, but I mean, are you like... uh, okay with the garden wing, or do you got to go tower? Like, if you're staying there, you have to go tower. Or are you okay? Garden? I don't. Wing? I don't do garden wing. No, because to me, it's just like I, there's nothing like waking up and having the theme park view and waking up and just seeing that. But mind you, the you know the wall doesn't always. Um, yeah. Yeah. But when it's in the name of research. Yeah, come on! It's a write-off. Mm-hmm. We gotta. We have yeah. to stay there. That's right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, if you had to slum it at a moderate or value, do you have a favorite <laughs> of those? I like Port Orleans, and I've spent and I've spent plenty of time at Pop Century as well. Yeah. All right. All right. Favorite Disney 
table service restaurant? Narcosi. I think Narcosi is very underrated. Fancy. Fancy. He would like Alex, I think. I was going to say, too fancy for my table. That's not a character meal. It's no. a table service. What are you listening to? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I know, because that's the oh, only table it. service I do. I, I like the... If, I, if it wasn't Narcosi, because I think it's underrated. It's usually not very crowded. You get a good view. If you're you know, you're, you're dining there, you can see a bit of the Magic Kingdom. You can see the monorail. Um, the Grand Floridian is beautiful. But I do like... Um, I do like the Garden Grill for breakfast mm. at, in the land. That, that probably is the best of the character meals. Yeah. Food-wise, mm-hmm. I'd say. But Narcusi's food is significantly better than Garden Grill's. A little different category. Yeah. All right. Favorite quick service restaurant. I really need to flip those two around in order, don't I? It's backwards. But now we're going quick service. I like, um, again, Land Pavilion Sunshine Seasons. It's only because the variety, there's really, you can actually eat healthy there. Um, there's some healthy choices. The, you know, after a few days, I always think sort of like the food tastes the same wherever you go. Like it doesn't always, the quick service food is just kind of like, bleh, whatever. But Sunshine Seasons, there's different choices. It's usually pretty, awesome. pretty good there. All right. Now the most important question of the day. Favorite Disney snack? Mm, this one's tough because I love food. Just drop me off at France and let me get any kind of pastry going on over there in, in Epcot. I'll take a creme brulee or any anything in France. I think it's any kind of sweets. Yeah. He uh, he got away from the popcorn and the pretzels mm-hmm. like the rest of us. Everyone else has answers. He's a lot. Not, he's a lot fancier than. You no, know, you know what it is. I, I live outside of Philadelphia, so I eat we Philadelphia soft pretzels is like a mainstay in our. So I, I don't do the pretzels when I go because they usually don't taste very good to me. It's just part of your normal daily diet. I, I mean, I have one around the corner. There's a, there's like a pretzel place every everywhere I look here. So yeah, so we have that problem with steak. Yeah, yeah. that's true. So, yeah, we have trouble. So that's why you guys aren't a big fans there. of Narcosi because you eat probably steak. not. Yeah, like when we get steak down there, it's like, eh, it's yeah. all right, but I can grill better. So, yeah. Know. All right, that wraps up the lightning round, Derek. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And of course, you have three amazing books out. So why don't you tell our listeners where you can find them? Uh, they are actually all available uh, barnesandnoble.com. Amazon.com. Um, they're in paperback. They're eBooks, Kindle, i iBooks. Um, actually, the Wonders of Walt Disney World will actually be available in store at Barnes and Noble as well across the country. I just got some information about that last week, so you'll actually be able to go in store and buy that book. That's cool. Now, yes. are you, you going to do a book tour so I can get your autograph when you get out to Nebraska? Nah, nobody wants to. Nobody wants to see me in person or get my autograph. I'll send you. <laughs> I, I'll send you a copy of the mail. That'll suffice. <laughs> oh, excellent. And All right. also, we're really excited uh, because you have said that you are going to give us a few copies of uh, uh, each of the book to be able to give to our listeners. So we yes, are sir. going to do some fun giveaways over this next week. So be staying tuned on our social media on how you can win a free copy of one of these amazing books. And Doug, me, you and I, you'll have to finish yours before uh, before we give it away. What? A timeline? A a deadline? What is this, school? Oh, man. I had a little panic attack there. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. But it all depends on how much I have to sit and wait for kids to get done with dance practice. 
that's really what the big variable is for me. So more dance, more reading. I'll be honest, the Kindle, I mean, where I, I read most of my books now, have it's completely changed my life because it's you can just take it on your phone or wherever you go mm-hmm. and airplane while you're flying down to Walt Disney World, you can get a get in the guides and stuff like that and learn more about the Disney history. So it really is very easy for you to be able to pick up one of these and give it a read. That's right. That's right. And uh, tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter because I know you're real active on Twitter. So give a shout out there. Uh, Twitter is Aaron at Aaron H. Goldberg. I almost said dot com. But I have that too. Aaron H. Goldberg dot com is my website. But at Aaron H. Goldberg is my Twitter, Twitter handle. And I usually I try every day to get something out sort of Disney history or fun or, you know, witty or something along those lines. And I'll be honest, that's how I saw somebody must have retweeted some pictures that you somebody I followed has retweeted some pictures that you posted and I saw those I'm like, oh, that's really cool because I, I like the Disney, like the construction photos and the history. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. then I followed you and then I, you know, a couple more tweets and like, oh, that, oh, he has a book. And that's how I, you know, found it was through Twitter and I thought, oh, it's oh, interesting. And I gave it a read and I liked it. And then I told Derek he had to read it. And you didn't and put it harassed. down. You didn't then put I it down harassed. halfway through. You said, oh, I no, should finish I didn't. this one. I have yeah. read the first chapter of so many Disney books. It's not even funny. Really? So, uh, congratulations. Thank you. That means a lot. Yeah. I, I'm being serious about that. I'm, I'm, you know, everybody has their own likes and dislikes and opinions. And, yeah, it's interesting. I'm glad you just didn't leave me a review on Amazon that said, you know, Walt Disney was a Satanist or, you know, whatever yeah. from time to time. Oh, yeah. But, yes, before <laughs> we even start recording this episode, our <laughs> listeners should know there are some Fun reviews out there for different books, and, and especially Disney books, can sometimes get a lot of hate. Not based on anything that is in the book, but because some people just don't like the mouse. Yep, that is the truth. All right, well, I'm going to put all of your information, your Twitter and books, in our show notes. So uh, if you're listening to this, just scroll down there and give them a look. And then absolutely, let's try to win one this week. And if not, if you are unlucky definitely go to Amazon or wherever you want to purchase these books and give them a read. They're not that expensive and they're also short, short enough for Doug to read. Uh, so Let's it is see. definitely short enough for anyone to do. And it's really great. I feel like you pack so much into so little. It, it just, it was really the perfect balance. I, I've tried reading another Disney book a few years ago. That's like 9,000 pages. I gave yeah. up, in, I gave up in chapter one page like I think I, I think I have that book yes yeah. it's, it's, it's a famous one but it's very yeah, it's hard very to read it was, uh, took me a while I got news for you, the audio book wasn't any easier I just went audio on that one too actually not to not to have a shameless book my books are all on audible too so if you want to listen ooh. to them you can actually See, Doug, listen to you them. Could, can you can you listen to books while you you know fix people's teeth I probably should not <laughs> but uh, maybe I can play them in the room ooh, I can I listen like not it. with earbuds but I could force everybody. Well, I'm assuming you play the podcast when you're, you know, yeah, flossing people's teeth. I got to keep my staff um, employed. I can't have them leaving me because of forced podcast listening. But I'll, I'll see. I'll run it past them. It makes the root canal that much easier. Mm-hmm. Just listen to Disney. Transport yeah. you to, you know, yeah, to Main Street while I remove the root of your tooth. Aaron, that's about all the time that we have for this week's episode. Thank you again so much for being on the show. And, of course, 
uh, subscribe to us. Uh, and if you don't follow us on Facebook and Twitter, you're missing out on the giveaway. So stop what you're doing. Get on social media and go to Rope Drop Radio. Also be messaging us because we'll be doing a listener uh, question episode here in the near future. We're gathering questions for that. And of course, if you are looking to book a Disney travel experience, get a free quote from Michelle McKnight. She's the Rope Drop Queen and the sponsor of the show. Her email is in the show notes. But for Doug, I'm Derek. Thank you again, Aaron. You've been listening to Rope Drop Radio. <laughs>